Heads up, Easter is early this year, so get everything you need to host for Sunday, March 31st. From pastel outfits for the whole fam to brunch-ready serveware, Macy's has you covered. Macy's also has Toys R Us Easter basket goodies from books to stuffed animals and even slime. Find it all in-store and online at Macy's.com. Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. Available in cups A through G in bands 30 to 44. That's 43 sizes in 22 styles. They sent us bras and underwear, and the bra is like sexy and supportive and so comfortable i haven't had a black bra like that in a minute and i love it <laughs> i was like this came just in time just i've been needing one of these and the robe and slippers are heaven heaven it's literally like heaven wrapped around my body and your feet and my feet shop now at your nearest victoria's secret store and online at victoriasecret.com be love with every heartbeat and every piece of Pandora jewelry. Let love shine on your favorite bracelets, necklaces, earrings, and rings, or create a style that's all your own with a unique mix of lovingly crafted charms. From big feelings to small messages and everything in between, love is at the heart of it all. Be love. Shop Pandora jewelry today. Find a store near you or shop online at Pandora.net. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Scrubbing in with Becca Tilly and Tanya Rad, an iHeartRadio and two-time People's Choice Award-winning podcast. Hello, everybody. We're scrubbing in. Hi, everybody. Tanya, Mark, Easton. I mean, happy Folklore Monday. I, I was going to say, I don't know how to jump into it, but first things first, Taylor Swift surprised us, blessed us, gifted us with a brand new album, Folklore. It's so crazy because I honestly, like, I feel like all through quarantine, I kind of am like in, in waves, like ebbs and flows of just like, I'm good, I'm good. And then I'll get dark again. And like, it kind of just kind of goes. And I was having a little bit of a dark moment. And then she announced that she was going to be dropping an album. And it was just like, God answers our prayers in the most unique ways because I needed it. Like it gave me this jolt of like life and excitement and like, everything that I needed again like it, that whole day I was zooming I've been zooming yeah, since yeah. since 9 p.m on Thursday night I've been zooming I forgot that we're in a pandemic I have this renewed sense of joy yeah and all I needed was just 16 new Taylor songs who knew who knew who knew and like no time to prepare either which was amazing. Yeah. I mean, although, it, like, we found out in the morning, and then Thursday was a long day waiting till 9 o'clock But I, me. like, I, I usually enjoy her Easter eggs and her clues. Like, I like trying to figure out, like, what the album's going to be called and the era's going to look like, and I feel like we didn't get any of that. I I was fine with not having any oh, of that. Okay. <laughs> I, there's, she said there's still Easter eggs in the song. Oh, I'm, uh, uh, oh. <laughs> 
Don't think I didn't ca- recognize because I read all the lyrics. She yeah. capitalized West in one of the songs, you know, like Kanye West. Yeah. Um, okay, so first, before we get to folklore and the songs, because I know we're all going to talk about our favorites and whatnot, we need to talk about your, you went through and named your favorites from each album I of did. hers before. This is what I did uh, to keep me, myself busy before the album came out. And there were a few questionable choices. So I'd like to go through them again and rehash. And just because I I looked at them, I couldn't even vote because I was just so... It was like the Denny and Izzy thing. It's like... (laughs) How did you not vote? You just either say this one's your favorite or it's not. I was just too upset to even participate. With all of them? I need you to rehash. I know one okay, for sure. First of all, I just want to say in my defense, there are 15 plus songs on each album. So the fact that over 50% of people voted that their favorite song was also my favorite song was good odds in my opinion. Aside from one. It's not bad, but let's just Pretty go good. through them. Yeah. Okay. So um, album number one should have said no. What are some of the? I need to pull up that out. I need to pull up the albums as we go, just to see who. who oh, what uh, you're like what fighting what, against? Yeah, because I feel like should have said no. Um, I was with you on that one, big time. Oh, I, I love that song, big time. Yeah, it's like a landslide, big time, big time. Yeah, okay. should have said no. Should have gone home. Should have thought twice for you. Wow, that was gorgeous. So good. Um, my favorite from that album, which actually probably wouldn't have gotten a significant uh, response like yours, was um, Mary's Song. Oh, yeah. No, that's definitely not the best. And I love Tim McGraw, which is a classic. So, okay. That one's iffy because it's forever ago. So, okay. Album number two was White Horse. Was that from Fearless? From Fearless, correct. Okay. So, Fearless has Fearless 15 Love Story. Love Story is one of my favorite songs of all time. Over White Horse? White Horse yes. is like Mecca Taylor and Swift. Listen, I love White Horse because it was first featured on Grey's Anatomy. That was the first time it was ever played. And I waited for months for it to actually come out because I heard just the snippet on the Grey's Anatomy episode. And she still performs that song to this day. So you know, obviously, it's one of her personal favorites. Well, yeah, she's done Love Story. She's like reinvented it. I think you're discounting Love Story because of its omnipresence. You've heard it so many times, maybe it's lost true, its impact true, true, on true, true, you true. because I agree that's the best song on that album. Love Story? Love Story. Yeah, I agree, Mark. I'm with you. Wow. Okay. Uh, album number three, which is Speak Now, is Enchanted. Enchanted's a, an amazing song and made me feel these butterflies. When I first heard it, I had never even experienced before. It like gave me a feeling of euphoria, I would say. Um, personally, I have to go with... I'm torn on... I, I will say Enchanted's in the top three for me on that album. So, I mean, I love Back to December. And I love um, Never Grow Up. It's emotional. Okay, so Enchanted was good. Yeah, okay. Um, so this one was the really controversial <laughs> yeah. one that really got a lot of people, had a lot of people up in arms. So my favorite song from the album Red is State of Grace. Okay, let me just say, also, I, I very rarely, well, you very rarely will you name a Taylor Swift song and I'm like, that's trash. Actually, never. I would never say that. So I love State of Grace. I love all her songs. 
But that album has yeah. Red, which you have made me appreciate. I know, more. I know. It was a toss-up between Red and State of Grace. But All Too Well might be her best song of all time. That's not true. Do you like this song All Too I do well? like All Too Well, but it's in my top five. It's not even in my top oh three. Oh, my. Yeah, I was shocked by that one. Because this one has um, We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together as well. I know, which is an amazing song, too. Red, 22, like, that. the last time. Stay, Stay, Stay is also another one of my favorites. That's one of my least favorites. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> so, yeah, I expected a sh- I was, I gasped when I saw State of Grace. <laughs> it was, uh, the, the consensus was all too well should have been the number yeah, should have been yeah. the one. Yeah. Okay, and then 1989, what'd you say? Wildest Dreams. Pretty, uh, that's that album's pretty hard it, to it's go hard wrong. to say um and then for reputation i did delicate great song yeah and then for lover i did the man also good but she did have it was kind of that's middle of the ranking for i me. know i know i just feel like that it's song powerful is like that one empowerment just, there's no more t-rat of a song than the man like are you kidding <laughs> i had to pick it okay so moving into folklore very different Almost kind of like original Taylor vibes. It's kind of singer songwriting, but there's like a new edge to it that she brought. I, I do. We can all go around and say. I, I just. I <laughs> honestly like. I'm still on a high, even just from the music video. It was so poetic. Like and the fact that the piano saves her all the time. I was I like, know. that is so profound. It was. I mean, the fact that she was able to do this during everything going on. She's. A genius. Genius. The lyrics of this album. Oh, I know. Okay, so my okay, favorite. So we need to go. We need to go around the room and pick our top three and put them in order. So they have to go in order of number one, number two, number three. Okay. okay. Tanya, I before we got started, I said there's literally not a skip on this album for me, and she made a face and said there's so many skips. So I'm interested to hear what your skips are. It's more towards the bottom of the album. Okay. <laughs> did you listen to them? Or yes, I did. I, did, I, did. <laughs> I know you like to just listen to songs on repeat. So. It was hard for me to get past the first four. Like, I think I listened to, like, one through four, four times through before I even continued with the album. Okay. All right. So, uh, Mark, we're going to start with you. Top three today. Why? Why? Why me? Why are we starting with me? I mean, I'm I happy know, Mark's to go. Also, Mark is not a big okay. fan of this album. So, here's oh. the thing. Uh, let me just say... And maybe, you know, I, I, I'm not the target, so it's fine. I'm the old dude, whatever. Uh, but I listened with my daughter, who's 14, and we listened to most of it. And it's a little mellow for us. It wasn't really what we were looking for. When I'm going to Taylor, I love hooks. I love strong melodies and strong hooks. And this was more vibey. And I wasn't really expecting vibey. And I wasn't into vibey. I'm not interested in tea. Like, you guys were all freaking out about on our group chat that night. There were 200 messages. Everyone freaking out about all the tea on the album. I could care less. I just want great hooks and great songs. There are a few, but overall, it's every song feels like the same vibe to me. And, and, that, and that got old after a little while. So, having said that, I also, and this is from a, from a radio guy, I don't get it. I don't get putting out music that you're not planning on having radio hit songs with. I don't get that. I'll never get that. I feel like it's just because it's quarantine. So it's like she wanted to give us something that we can quarantine to. You know what I mean? I guess. 
I guess. But I, I kept waiting for where's the single? Where's the big radio smash? Where's blank space? Where's style? Where's the man? Where's me? Like, where's the one that I'm going to hear on the radio for a long time? And I don't think there's any on here that are that. But I do like the one. And I'll make that the one because it's the one. I really like August. Mm. And one of the reasons I really like August is it's the hook. I've expressed mm -hmm. in here before how brilliant she is with a hook where a song will be like a six and then the hook hits and it jumps to a nine because the hook is so strong and it takes you home. That's August for me. And I also really like Betty. Betty's got a love story vibe to me. That's my top mm -hmm. three. Did you see there is like, I've just been reading all the conspiracy theories. Um, there's like a clip of Phoebe from Friends who we all know Taylor's yes. a big fan of. Yes. When she... <laughs> So Phoebe like talks about this is a song about a love triangle between three people, blah, blah, blah. And it was like about, I think it was about Ross, Rachel and was that Julie? Julie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they were saying that Betty is Taylor's version of that. I was okay. like, wow. Yeah. Genius. I wouldn't put it past her. Is the hook the same thing as the bridge? No, the hook is the chorus. Oh, okay. I think, I mean, there's so many, the bridge in the bridge in so many of these songs is where I just go. <gasps> I know. Honestly, wow. I, three is hard for me because there's really four that are just okay. so extraordinary. We'll give you four. Oh, wow. No, okay. no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We had rules. We had strict rules. Okay. Okay. We have strict rules, Tanya. Sorry. No. You can because give, you I, don't like the album doesn't mean. <laughs> just because you're limited at three, Mark. Yeah. You can give an honorable mention. Okay. Honorable mention. Oh, God. Okay. It's going to hurt me to boot one. You get an honorable mention. Yeah. Wanna go next? Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, okay. My top. Feel free three. to choose. You can go three, two, one if you'd like, or Ooh. one, two, three, like whichever okay, way well, you want to go. I've I've like kind of had it, my favorites have kind of switched up because I'm really just going through it, letting myself feel all of them, listen to the lyrics. My number one that literally made me sit still for the whole however long it was is exile oh because it is that song that like i'm not going through anything heartbreaking but i want to just sit in my living room in the dark with a candle lit and put it on that is the song i said i need in and around my mouth i oh. love that song <laughs> so, but it's like so artsy and just like beautiful it's beautiful yeah yeah my so second, that's number one yeah that's my number oh, one wow. I would have to say my second is August. I'm with Mark on that. It has a like summer vibe that I love, but the words are kind of sad. It makes you want to kind of like be done with summer. It's a memory, um, which is kind of how I feel right now. It's just like let's. I'm ready for fall. Let's put this behind us. Oh. <laughs> I think it's just the vibe of the album makes me really ready for fall. Um, and then my third, which is. Like I said, I, I would say th this spot is in and out. Um, you have to do an honorable mention, too. That's fine. That's fine. Um, my third is going to be Illicit Affairs. Oh, how shocking. Yeah, I love it. And it makes me feel really sad because someone was basically like, I need you to be a secret. I just find it really heartbreaking. Yeah. And my honorable mention. Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> My honorable mention is going to be, um, this is me trying. Oh! <laughs> oh! So it actually...
actually pains me that I can't put that one even in my four anymore because the other ones have like that was one of my favorites the first night. Wow, I was obsessed with this is me trying oh, and ever I'm thinking about the one in invisible string right now and Mad Woman. It's too bad because oh. you can only we. Can I know, only. I know. I'm just saying the album's just so good. Okay, go ahead. Um, this is me trying. It's gonna be painful not to mention that one because that one was an early favorite of mine, but these other ones really take the cake. So I'll start out with my number one, which is The One. It's, it's amazing. It's just like, that was the first one I heard. And I think I listened to it on repeat like five times. I couldn't get past <laughs> it. I was like obsessed. Yeah. And then uh, my number two is going to be Invisible String. So good. It's so romantic. There's no like better song for Dear Future Husband than Invisible String. It's great. Yeah. Great. That's like Dear Future Husband's theme song. Yeah. It's so hopeful and like romantic mm-hmm. and just like, oh, so that one was a, sh- a shower, not a grower. Or that one was a grower, <laughs> not a shower for me. Oh, it grew on you. Yeah. Because like the first time I listened to the album, I wasn't like totally into it. And then I was listening to the lyrics and I was like, this is my song. Okay. So that would be my number two. Now, <laughs> my number three is going to go to Cardigan. It's amazing because no, but nobody has mentioned that in their top three. And that song is so good. Like the lyrics, I mean, I felt like an old cardigan under someone's bed and you picked me up and said, I was your favorite. favorite. I mean, I literally wanted to cry because I felt felt that before. Like I've totally felt that. Um, Oh, oops. And then uh, my honorable mention is going to go to exile because I love it so much, yeah. and I love Bonnie Bear. Mm-hmm. I just feel like if anybody's listening and they need a good album to just like cry, cry to Bonnie Bear is so good. It's yeah. such a good album. The last one, at least, a lot of his are. Yeah. yeah. So there we go. That would be that would be my top three with the an honorable begin- mention. The beginning of Invisible String has a slight vibe of death by a thousand cuts to me like an acoustic version you'll have to listen to it all right easton all right uh number one is mirrorball for me great love that song so much i i listened to it many times in a row on my first listen and uh and i came home uh after work and my wife had the same favorite song so that was that was a special moment for us uh so then number two is the one. I like what a strong way to start the album. Yeah. It's so good. And uh and number three is August for me. I, I I just it's it's so good. Wait, did did you do you feel that Mirrorball hat you do you know the song Stolen by Dashboard Confessional? Yeah. It gives me that same vibe of like spinning around like you know, she talks about spinning on her tiptoes and gives me that same feeling. And so Mark's actually, so Mark mentioned that we have like, we have like a morning show group chat that we, we just like send stuff for work. Usually it's like articles or things that we think we should talk about. And the night that the album came out, we just were like, rapid. Oh, it was just, crazy. It, it was, but it was really only like four or five of us that were like chiming yeah. in on things. And so we created like a separate on air with Ryan Seacrest folklore group chat. No, oh, I was not so part that, of that. No, you're not. And it's, I still uh, got 200 messages that night. <laughs> well, no, oh so we created gosh. that the next day because oh, we realized see. everybody was probably just so annoyed by right. all of our texting. So we created it the next day, and it was really funny because I was t- so I was like uh, 
I, I begged Bard Star. I go, we really, I just really just want to slow dance to like one song from Taylor's album this weekend, please. And he was like, yeah, of course. So Friday night we uh, danced to, I like had it on the whole night and we like slow danced to, I think it was the one. Um, but I videotaped because he was like, okay, I think it's enough Taylor tonight. Like, you know, we don't want too much of a good thing. And so I'm like videotaping this and sending it to our group chat because it was so funny. And then, but come Saturday night, uh, I got a video of him. I had Taylor Swift playing and I got a video of him like dancing to the song, like dancing to it. And I said, this is the power of Taylor. One night he's saying, don't do too much. Don't yeah. do too much. And the next day he's dancing to it like a proud man. Swifty. Proud Swifty. Yeah, I mean, we went and got Krispy Kreme donut, fresh Krispy Kreme donuts the night of, sat around the table, listened. It was just euphoric. It was just, it was one of my favorite nights of quarantine, I would say. That's so what fun. this album, I think, was made for, was quarantine. Yeah. And just, like, all the Easter, like, you know, um, The Last Great American Dynasty? Mm-hmm. So I like she, that one, too. I do too. She wrote that about the woman, the couple that owned her Rhode Island house before she bought it. Like, who just does that? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's so good. I thought it was about me because Rebecca and then oh, I yeah, realized yeah. it was spelled wrong and I don't have a house and throwing wild parties. So it quickly, you know, I quickly realized it was not about me. Someday, <laughs> someday, Becca. Someday. Yeah, one day, one day. Well, actually, that someday could be sooner because I don't know. Well, you guys obviously can't see because we're a podcast, but. Taylor Swift sent out these cardigans to like the elite of the elite. By so the way, I'm she talking. mentions cardigan and Betty again, and I thought that was I like that stuff. I do too. Yeah. I think that's yeah. cool that when there's stuff. like a theme, like a little yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so she sends these cardigans to the elite of the elite. I'm talking. I don't even know who got them, but like Ellen Pompeo status. You know what I mean? Like she sent out these cardigans. Uh, Kelsey Ballerini got one. Who else got them? Um. I mean, did, are you saying Ellen Pompeo got one? I don't think, I oh. don't know. But I'm just saying, from what I've seen there, she, you know, she sent them to a girthy, a girthy list yeah. of, of, of top notch, right? So I'm looking at Instagram, and who gets one in the mail? <laughs> Me! <laughs> Rebecca Tilly gets a wow. cardigan. She's wearing it right now, and I'm actually wearing my Taylor Swift lover merch, and I just feel like such a Fairweather fan. Like, this is such an old, like, old era. It doesn't even make sense anymore. It's a tie-dye shirt that says awesome, and it's just not the vibe of Taylor anymore, and I've never been more jealous. So I um, got the package and looked in the corner, and it said Taylor Nation, and I was like, no way because I saw them all and you know I was seeing everyone get them but who else got them why am I blanking now I don't I mean I saw Kelsey um Sarah Highland Haley got one um Adam Lambert um Jonathan Van Ness Kobe Bryant's daughter Natalia got like the one from the video yeah Kobe Bryant's daughter Kobe Bryant's daughter oh yeah so um yeah I opened it and literally freaked out I was like how I did get the lover merch last year so I don't know if or yeah last album but I was not expecting this and I felt (laughs) I feel like I'm just gonna wear every day until the weather actually is appropriate for it because I'm hot I have it on right now it's warm 
but I'm committed. Yeah, totally. I do so, that thing every the, day. The night of we were listening to the album, my sister wanted one. So she, I ordered her a cardigan and then I ordered a sweatshirt for myself and a but pop you can, socket. You can order those? Yeah. So, so. No, no, no. Yours got, are special. The ones we got say Taylor Swift right uh, here. And then the ones online have like a folklore patch up top. Yeah. But like, so you know different. what's amazing? Like, I will, it, even though it's like, it's a card, you know, whatever. Like, I'm going to tell my kids about Taylor Swift. <laughs> I'm going to raise my kids on Taylor Swift. I'm going to show them this sweater. Are you kidding? It's the coolest thing ever. I felt so much cooler than I am. I was like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's what I've that's what I went through this weekend. She's on a little bit of a on a little bit of a high horse right now. She's <laughs> just like, I'm feeling myself wearing this Taylor card as Why you should, as you should. Um, yeah, my so. lover merch. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just it felt like the greatest gift ever. Can't say enough about it. I mean, the album, but also the cardigan, too. I mean, the, car- <laughs> the cardigan is just like unparalleled. Did you have a good weekend otherwise? So, I mean, what? I don't know what could go wrong with this. Sounds good. Go Slow wrong. dancing with Red Star. Yeah, romantic. Slow dancing to some tea swizzle. It is funny, though, because I was playing him some of the songs, and he's like, they all kind of sound the same. That's it. He's right. I, he's just a dude, you know? Like, yeah. He's such a dude. His favorite was Exile, though, which yeah. is obvious because it's like Bonnie Bear. It's beautiful. It's yeah. poetic. Um, I'm just kind of in one of those slumps w- again where I just feel a little bit bored. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I just feel like it's, I'm just doing the same thing. I'm trying to be optimistic. And then I hear news like Google isn't going back to work till July 2021. And I just go in a tailspin of just mm-hmm. like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. It is yeah. my, um, our wedding anniversary is today. And so oh, there happy was a, thank you, but there was a feeling of so uh, what are we gonna do about that? <laughs> so we're gonna try to find a place to go out to dinner tonight with outdoor seating, and then this weekend we're gonna get away as a family. But there was a vibe of let's just let the big things go by this year because they're not gonna be much, and then next year it'll be better, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I know, but that's so sad. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone, I think there's going to be a lot of these, like, these moments of, you know, being on a high, feeling like normalcy, and then the next week being like, oh, I'm feeling off again. Yeah. You know, like, I think that's just kind of, until there's an answer of when things will be back to normal or people are going back to work or whatever it is, I think there's going to be these ups and downs that we, you know, go through. I'm trying to think of things that I can do safely. Like um, I'm doing a lot of picnics, distant ones where like I'm actually like, you know, six Mm -hmm. feet away Mm -hmm. because there are so many friends that I haven't seen in months and I'm, this isn't going away anytime soon for us in Los Angeles. So uh, I've been kind of, you know, trying to plan like distant picnics with people. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's just like kind of talking to my, for me, it's been like talking to my friends, seeing if they've been quarantined, being safe and then, you know, our friend Taylor came over the other day for the listening party because she's a huge fan. It was just so great to see her. Like, I just felt so happy, like, getting to have that normalcy of seeing, like, people I normally see. Yeah. Um, not Taylor Swift, Taylor Banks. No, I, know, I, know, I, know. <laughs> I was like, why are you laughing like that? No, because it made me think of um, on Thursday night, or whenever the, al- the album came out Thursday night, Red Star FaceTimed me. And... 
So we were like talking on, you know, FaceTime or whatever. And that was when the album had already come out. So my text messages were just, as Mark mentioned, our, yeah. our, you know, thing was just going off, off, off. And so I kept pausing the FaceTime to like read everything. And he goes, let's just hang up. He goes, go have fun with your friends. and I'll talk to you tomorrow. And that's exactly what I felt like it was. Like, I felt like I was just having fun with my friends, enjoying this album and like all virtually though. It was kind of sad. I wish I could have done it. Yeah, I know. In a group I setting. Know. I know. Um, our guests are here, so we're gonna we're gonna um, take a break. But I'm really excited to talk to them. We're switching gears pretty drastically of what we're gonna talk about today. Um, we have kind of um, I've seen a lot of conversations about human trafficking, and Human Trafficking Day is coming up, right? Yeah, July 30th. And so I know a lot of people have been wanting wondering why we're not talking about or you know why we're not saying anything, and so. I wanted, um, we wanted to bring in people who are actually doing some work on this and incorporating it into their um, art and their create creativity of what they're creating and what they're doing about it. Um, so we have sisters Vanessa and Laura Murano on today, and I'm really excited to talk to them. Um, so we will be right back to chat. Want to know where all the spring savings are this year? Ross. You'll find huge deals on all of the latest spring trends. At Ross, you'll find brand names for 20 to 60% off department store prices. You're definitely finding your next favorite outfit. We're talking about savings on your favorite shirts and tops. And it's spring, so you know Ross has savings on sundresses. They've got deals on dresses for days. I mean, every style for spring. Don't forget the sandals. From slides to wedges, find brand name sandals for less. Ross always has those for the low. And there's always a reason for a new purse at this price. That brand name handbag at this price? Of course. Deals on handbags? Yeah, hold my purse. Seriously, just visit your nearest Ross and see for yourself. Ross has something for everyone. Plus, each new shopping trip means new finds. If you really love savings, head to Ross today. Believe me, your wallet will thank you. So what are you waiting for? Say yes for less at Ross. Your whole life, you've been told that the enemy of eating well is giving into your cravings and indulging. But actually, your cravings are leading you right where you need to be, to Collie Power. Collie Power is the brand that powers the foods you crave with the ingredients you deserve so you can crave on. If you're craving pizza, go ahead. Enjoy one of Collie Power's thin and crispy stone-fired cauliflower crust pizzas. Craving chicken tenders? Collie Power's chicken tenders are made with real, all-natural white meat chicken and a crispy coating packed with cauliflower, so you can get protein and veggies all in one bite. And that's not all. If you want to indulge in a big, warm bowl of pasta, dig in with Collie Power's cauliflower-based pasta meals. Dinner has never been easier or more delicious. With Collie Power, all the foods you crave are made with the power of veggies, gluten-free always, ready in minutes, and most importantly, they taste like the foods you crave. Collie Power's products are available in freezers nationwide. Visit eatcauliepower.com to find them in a store near you. Collie Power, crave on. Becca, it's March, one of my favorite months. Do you know why? It's Women's History Month. Exactly. Ding, ding, ding. We celebrate women all year long, but love the extra spotlight this month. So join Macy's and Girls Inc. to empower a new generation of leaders now during Women's History Month. 
Yes, throughout March, you can help fund STEM and college and career readiness programming for girls when you donate online to Girls Inc. or round up your purchase. Another way to support some modern women, shop women-owned and founded brands like Kaylee Cosmetics, New Face, and Better Not Younger. Learn more and celebrate the creative power of women now and all year round at Macy's.com slash purpose. Rakuten is a rewarding way to shop and save because members earn cash back on everything that they buy. Rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over 3,500 stores across every category, like beauty, clothing, travel, dining, and even pets. You're already shopping at your favorite stores like Sephora, Macy's, Adidas, Petco, so why not be saving while doing it? It's a no-brainer. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop. Plus, the membership is free, it's easy to sign up, and cash back rates change daily. You can maximize your savings by stacking cash back on top of other deals like store sales and coupons. The stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the commissions with its members. Rakuten has 17 million members who are already saving, and their members have earned over $4.6 billion in cash back. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cash back really adds up. All right, so we are back with the Murano sisters, Vanessa and Laura. Welcome to Scrubbing What's up? Hey. Um, I know I asked you before we we started the interview, but you've you've you're a Taylor fan. Oh my god, yes, huge, <laughs> huge. I to the point when she, I mean, like everyone, but to the point when she announced the album that whole day, I didn't do any work. Like I literally was just like, oh my god, wait, what does this mean? Was and we, then this means this. Were you on the phone when that that got announced? Because I feel like yeah, we. Have- they had a meeting. We were faced. Oh, were we doing a meeting? Is that? Yeah, what we, were doing a, we were doing a meeting for for the book and like um and the script changes and we were like I started it first of all I came late to the meeting then I like <laughs> not that late like three minutes but then I like came in there's it's weird with Zoom when you're late um because yes, and I'm always late um Same. but I like started being like I really can't concentrate because I'm just so excited for Taylor Swift's album oh and it was a notes meeting by the way uh, for a book that we've optioned and we're developing a script right now so we were like literally going through notes and Laura was like hold on everybody (laughs) I'm like I just feel like we need to talk about this I think we need to talk about this right now I I know honestly I felt the same way like I could not concentrate that whole day I didn't know what to do with myself until it came out I was sitting here just listening to old albums like (laughs) posting on Instagram about her old songs and like making people vote because I was just so excited I didn't know what to do with myself I feel that (laughs) yeah yeah I know but I mean you you said you just tweeted something and you yes validation yes I tweeted a lyric from my tears ricochet if I'm dead to you, why are you at the wake? Um, and I then like was doing other things kind of on social media and I posted a photo on Instagram and all of a sudden I had a bunch of fans being like, Taylor liked your tweet. Did you see that Taylor liked my tweet? Your tweet? And I was like, what? What? And so then I went into Taylor Swift's likes and she liked my tweet and 
I've now not been able to do any more work today. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Taylor, that is a badge of honor. Right. That is a badge Taylor of honor Swift that you should wear. Taylor Swift is personally responsible for uh, our production work. company not getting anything done right now. Exactly. <laughs> In the best way possible. Okay, wait. Before we move on, I do want to know your top three off the album. And you have to rank them one, two, and three. Oh, that's mean. That's just like I know. a mean thing to do. I know, um, but we all did it, so... Um, it's changing. I'm like living with it every, every day. Um, we understand. I would say three would be my tears ricochet. Two would be exile. And one, I feel like this is a basic answer because I know it's like the single with the music video, but one is cardigan. I'm obsessed with cardigan. I literally like get chills every time the first chorus comes in. She knew you. They say when you're young, they assume you know nothing, but she knew you. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's so good. True. Wait, so, okay, Vanessa's, like, dying laughing at yeah, us being a total nerd. Have you not listened at all? Guys, there's so much Real Housewives to be watching. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes me feel better. <laughs> Everybody has their thing, you know? Yeah. about to come back. I gotta keep my focus. I gotta keep my energy. They're doing Respect. at-home confessionals. I'm dealing with that right now. It's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, you got a lot on your plate. No distractions <laughs> so allowed. I respect it honestly I do um so I know we're we are very much gonna switch gears right now and talk about kind of the work that y'all are doing but um y'all are so you've kind of immersed yourself in the education and the um familiarizing yourself with human trafficking and what's going on in our world and in that industry that is so rampant and should be talked about so much more than it is and I was telling you, even our listeners have been like, why aren't you speaking out about it? Why aren't you talking about it? And it's one of those things, just like everything else we've been um, processing during this pandemic. It's like, if you don't feel educated enough, you don't want to say anything wrong. Yeah. So then you just stay quiet, which is also a problem, too. Yeah. And um, it's like, I see, it's like you see it exists and you're watching these things. But I feel like I don't know anything to speak on you know what I mean yeah. it's almost like I'd consume the the stuff that everybody's watching but I'm not really asking the right questions or digging for them totally. to totally. you know what's so interesting is uh part of the reason why we wanted to do this uh panel for world day against trafficking and, and putting it just on our instagrams and just putting it out there directly to anybody who follows us is because we really wanted to have a conversation with survivors who are also advocates because just like you said it's so hard to bring awareness to a topic when you don't have personal experience with it, even though you know it's a rampant issue and, and you know that it's happening and you want it to stop and you want to do something about it. And really the point of us having this conversation was to have a survivor-informed conversation, to have a conversation that comes from personal experience, that comes from a place of this is what I went through. Here are some of the signs. Here's what we can do about it. Here are some policies that we should be supporting. Here's what we should be watching out for. Here's how you talk about it with someone who experienced it. Here's how you raise awareness. And, and that was a big reason why Laura and I wanted to do this was, A, if anybody has a personal connection to sexual exploitation in any way to, A, know that you're not alone. And B, if you haven't had any experience with it to have a, a medium out there that is educating from a survivor perspective. Yeah, and I really appreciate you guys with the uh, transparency because I, I do think a lot of people feel really uncomfortable about the topic. Um, I know when Vanessa and I were out promoting Saving Zoe last year, um, it was very weird timing. Um, 
weirdly relevant because Jeffrey Epstein had just gotten arrested. And even with that being so mainstream um, and people kind of figuring out and finding out all these kind of different things, um, it was like, it was really hard for us to get press to talk about online sexual exploitation and sex trafficking. It was, I think, mixed with people feeling uncomfortable about the topic and the tone of the conversation with potentially something a little bit more sinister because at the end of the day, it is like a crazy uh, thriving business. It's $99 billion. Um, Worldwide each year. So yes, each how, year. Yeah, each year, $99 billion is the estimate of profits uh, made from commercial sexual exploitation. That number uh, is given to us by the UN. And we tend to think of trafficking as like, a foreign thing, but at the end of the day, right. another fact is that the US is one of the top places that it happens. And I think another reason that feeds into this, like us feeling like we're not educated enough to speak on it or, or, or address the issue is this idea of like, when it is portrayed, it's always portrayed in that like sort of taken, you know, the movie taken, like, yeah, yeah. you know, other country kidnapped the whole thing. And it's far more insidious than that. Um, and that's something we really get into with the panel is a something called the grooming process, which is how traffickers and predators uh, basically either threaten their victims or give their victims affection. Uh, I think we also, you know, think about the Me Too movement did a great job, I think, of, of redefining what rape is and at the end of the day yeah. if you're not consenting or if there's a position of power that makes you feel like you are forced to do something that is not consent. And that's something we talk about in the panel is, you know, so many people who have survived or fortunately haven't survived the situation were maybe in a position where it was like, okay, well, I'll give you food. I'll give you shelter. I'll give you a praise and affection and a place to feel like you have some love in your life. And, and these are tools that predators and traffickers use to like they say, groom the victims and ultimately get you under their control. And because it's so insidious, it's it's very difficult to, to talk about the issue and the different facets of it because I think it's so easy that people go into a situation where they go, oh, well, that person's clearly choosing to do this. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily true. Uh, I think we're so privileged in our lives if we have choices. Uh, I think that's something we're having a big conversation right now uh, nationally is about privileges and privileges that we weren't aware of. And again, moving forward with why Laura and I felt it was very important to have a survivor informed conversation was we haven't experienced this issue personally, but through making Saving Zoe, we met amazing survivors along the way who shared their story with us so graciously, uh, informed the editing process of our film and really educated us and brought awareness. And so we were like, okay, well, all we can do in this moment, use the tools at your disposal and we can spread awareness and we can give a platform uh, that we have to people who know better than us. Mm -hmm. I So I watched Saving Zoe and I was so taken aback because of the fact of how I've always thought about trafficking being a foreign concept. And like you said, in Taken, it's like right. be careful going to foreign countries, but that that was such a eye-opening realization of how it's happening to people simply going over to someone's house who's like an older cooler I'm putting quotes up guy who is running this 
like underground business that's part of the process and so um I also watched this video and it was kind of talking about pornography and how people you know it's obvious it's always in my head been like a moral thing of like watching pornography and it kind of being like well it's none of my business what people do you know if they want to watch it and that's what they want to do but the 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 um connection with the human trafficking and the pornography and what's being merged together is shocking and so scary for everyone who's like participating in that not from like a moral standpoint but from a point of saying like I don't know if these girls are there because they're choosing to be and and not only that not only that to uh say something really quick um a lot of the people might be underaged so the one of our survivors um uh got started getting trafficked um she calls it she got in the life um when she was 12 years old and she got arrested when she was 13 and she looked older and so both online and on the streets there was this assumption that she was older and so some for whatever reason, because it's older, it's okay. Which, by the way, that's completely wrong. But the idea is, well, with online stuff and with porn, you actually don't know some of the ages of the girls or of the people in the videos. And so that's actually a really huge thing. Of It's shocking and disturbing how, um, how some of them are underage. Well, and if they're not underage too, I mean, one of the survivors we spoke with um, she went in for a job interview and the man interviewing her raped her. And it wasn't until 10 years later, she discovered that video was being sold online as porn. The people could watch it or click on it for free with ads or whatever. It was not something she consented to. It was not an act that she consented to. And it, she was in her forties by the time she realized that it was up there. And it, it is this interesting thing. I think we, we have this idea about like, if, if I don't see it, it's not there. And, and that's not right, right. This, but I think it is just how we process things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, when you dive into sexual exploitation and all of its forms, there's a, a heavy debate on all sides of the spectrum about, like I said, choice. But when we're getting into these situations with children, with people who are, are, are believed to be consenting because of circumstances that are beyond their control. We have to figure out how do we protect the majority of people who are actually being exploited in these situations. That's what I was actually going to ask you guys. So you're doing this panel on World Against Trafficking Day and you're doing all this work. What's your biggest goal for, you know, doing this work for people like what for people that want to tune in? What do you want to teach them? Like what should people know? I think number one, it's spreading awareness. I, again, kind of this idea of like, in a weird way, the topic is becoming more mainstream because of Jeffrey Epstein and Epstein's, the series about him on Netflix. Um, But just kind of continuing this education and awareness and having it be survivor informed and survivor led, I think is really, really important. And we talk about certain policies, certain laws, certain things that people can maybe get behind and learn about. you know, Melanie Thompson and Christiana Eduardo are the two survivor advocates that we are talking to. And I think it's so important to hear their voice, hear their story, 
from their firsthand experience of what the grooming process is, what's the, you know, emotional journey of a survivor, what is happening online, um, you know, who's getting affected, how are traffickers getting people using, they use barriers, they use vulnerabilities, you know, who, Mar who's getting affected on a majority it's marginalized communities and are we not talking about it because as society we're not caring about these marginalized communities so i think there's a whole wide range of topics that we cover and we're hoping that people are going to keep talking about and keep covering in their own life and keep becoming aware and keep educating themselves but i think that was our number one goal with this campaign. and i think the other uh thing for us is you know we're, we're living in a very polarizing time right now we're living in a, a very politically divisive time right now and laura and i felt very compelled to again have a conversation because i don't think we have conversations as much anymore we scream at each other yeah for sure. type in all caps over the internet and like i said we haven't experienced this issue uh these advocates and survivors unfortunately have and they're using their voice to try and change things they're using their voice to make a difference they're using their voice to protect us to protect anyone who may yeah. potentially be vulnerable and to honor the fact that they're willing to speak out that's that's so huge. I was going to say, because I feel like a lot of these survivors and people, I think the number one thing when people are watching these is how do they not speak up? How do they, you know, when they do survive this, why are they not sharing their story? But it's like, it's milt, milt. It's met with so much um, shame and guilt totally. and people kind of aren't accepting of it. And oh, so I understand totally. why a lot of survivors aren't speaking up or sharing well, their stories. So the fact that there are and it's also personal. It's so personal. Yeah. It's one of those things too where it's like, you know, it, it, it takes a lot to be an advocate for anything, by the way. Anything. So when you've gone through something that no human being should ever go through, you know, for us to expect that it's just so easy to come forward. Yeah, because so I I know somebody very well who has experienced rape and she will never, ever, ever talk about it publicly, never, ever want to, like kind of almost wants to forget that that ever happened. For sure. And, you know, it's like I, you have to just respect totally. everybody's choice and what they want to do, but, Absolutely. you know, it's very traumatizing. One of the most powerful parts of this panel is both of, both Melanie and both Christiane literally say this isn't easy for us to talk about this is yeah this is it's not like we want to talk about this it's not like but we are doing this for other people we are doing this to bring awareness to educate and i thought that was such a really beautiful and powerful part we kind of we really dive into the emotional journey and the emotional you know challenges that come with being a survivor and it just for vanessa and i was like we were already so grateful of the conversation, but that, you know, made us feel like even more grateful and even more appreciative of mm -hmm. this is not easy for them. This will never be easy for them, mm -hmm. but they are doing this to help to spread awareness. And the least we can do is listen. And they're also getting behind a lot of policies and laws, which they, we dive into, uh, in, in the conversation, which I think is super important too, because eventually conversation needs to lead to actual change and change is through legislation 
Uh, right, and right. reimagining things too. You know, we're having a whole conversation about reimagining law enforcement right now, reimagining policies, reimagining laws. And, and again, we have to start with actually talking about it, not mm -hmm. screaming at each other about it. Let's mm -hmm. have a conversation. And even if your opinion differs from my opinion, well, let's listen to those who are directly affected by it because mm -hmm. the people who are directly affected by it have something important to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I love that y'all are doing this and it's such a start for people who like, I think both of us have felt like, where do we begin to even educate or learn? And I think y'all giving these, these survivors a platform to use their voice and leading the conversation with them is such an, it's going to be so impactful. I know for me, like I'm, I'm going to watch as soon as it goes up because it's something I want to know more about and feel more confident speaking on. And it's like, you make such a good point about uh, the importance of legislation with all of this, because I think I mean, I can even speak firsthand when I like voted for the first time. I just went, I didn't know anything about any policies. I was just like, I'm stoked, Barack Obama, I'm going to go vote. And like, I just voted for the president and like was on my way. You know what I mean? Cause I was like, I don't want to, all this other stuff is just like a lot. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I, I just wasn't, uh, I wasn't as informed. I wasn't as uh, knowledgeable. And I didn't, I, I almost felt like I didn't, no. Well, no, you know what's interesting is they don't make voting easy. So, you know, obviously correct. everybody knows who's running for president, right? But right, right. Judges, it's very hard to find information on the judges you're voting for. Uh, you know, everyone gets into, I live in a blue state, I live in a red state, my vote doesn't count, which I right. get into that argument. But let's really realistically get into, well, your vote counts in your state, who you're voting for mayor, who you're voting for attorney general, the propositions, you're absolutely correct. I am very passionate about voting and I'm going to tell you, it's not easy to look up all the information, to find accurate information that isn't sponsored by groups that want you to vote a certain way. Even the way propositions yeah. are worded sometimes are very yeah. confusing. And that's something else we should discuss because honestly, the voting process is not easy. They make it very difficult and there's a reason they make it difficult. Yeah. And like now I have to go in, I have to, I literally go in with like my notes totally. of everything and what I'm like, but you know what I mean? Just cause I'm like, I don't want to forget or, yeah. you know, it's, it's intense. Well, um, I'm sure you'll talk about sort resources and places where people can start searching for how to better educate themselves and learn. And I think starting with, um, what y'all are putting out there is a great start for everyone with the panel. So, um, I'm really excited about it. I'm interested to learn more and hear from these women who have gone through it. And well, I'm, and, and it's, we, we speak to a male survivor. That's another Which, huge misconception about it. And yes, women and girls make up 94% of uh, sexual exploitation victims. That means 6% are men or identify as another gender. And we, again, going into not talking about things or misconceptions of, of who this can happen to, uh, we don't talk about it happening to men. We don't talk about it happening to boys. We've met a few male survivors along this journey. Again, when we don't talk about it, that keeps survivors silent. That makes survivors feel like, well, why would I talk about it? No one's going to believe it happened to me. Or why would I talk about it? This makes me less of X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z right. in my masculinity, X, Y, and Z in how the world perceives me as a man. Uh, there, there's so many things that I don't think we realize that when we don't talk about something in society, it stays normalized or not normalized in a way that is isolating to anyone who has not experienced it 
or anyone who has experienced it in a different way than is portrayed in the media. Yeah, and, yeah. and Christian, not only is he, uh, he identifies as a man, but he was trafficked as a young adult. He was trafficked when he was 24. And I think that's also, again, to more to Vanessa's point, something we don't talk about. We have the kind of perception, which is true, that it happens to children and teens, but it also happens to young adults. It also happens to older adults. It also happens to senior citizens. Like it, it truly can happen to anyone and everyone. And that's what makes it so insidious and what's, what makes it so dangerous. Wow. Yeah. So when are when is the panel out? When are y'all? You're doing it. Are you doing it on your on your Instagram lives July thirtieth, right? Yeah, Instagram TV because we we shot it already. It actually ended up being very long, which is great because we covered a lot. So uh, we broke it up into four parts. It's going to be about thirty minutes each part, and the first day we're premiering it is on World Day Against Trafficking, which is July thirtieth, which is a Thursday. That will be part one. So many witches. Which which is which which, which, which. <laughs> and then and That's then we'll this do coming Thursday. Yes. Thursday, yes. Yeah. And then it's gonna um the subsequent parts will come out on the subsequent days. So part two on Friday, part three on Saturday, and part four on Sunday. Oh perfect. Well, thank y'all so much for not only doing that, but also taking the time to come on Scrubbing In and talk about it and the importance of just knowing and and educating ourselves on what's going on so that we can listen and learn and then speak up. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it because at the end of the day, you know, it's it's this type of media too that's bringing awareness to this work, that's bringing awareness to these survivor advocates that again is going to continue spreading the word. So we really appreciate you guys uh, letting us virtually come on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, virtual is the way right now. I know. Um, Laura, I feel like I haven't you, seen you in so I long. I know. I know. It's literally been, when was the last time we would have seen each other? Like years, I feel. Probably, actually. That is not yeah. Like real years or like quarantine years? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think like real years. I think like real years. Um, I Because uh, it would have been at a, I heard of it, or maybe not. It might have been. I'm trying to think. I haven't seen you in so long. It's actually kind of in crazy. In so long, but I love you just as equally and miss you a lot. I love and miss you, and I'm glad I could virtually see you. I know. We're going to do a corona hug. <laughs> it's like, it's um, become wait. like the middle school dance hug. <laughs> I, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm so like, I like forgot how to hug people. <laughs> um, wait, what are y'all's Instagrams? You'll put them both on your IGTVs, right? Yes. So okay. mine, and you want to share what mine yeah. is at Laura Morano, L-A-U-R-A-M-A-R-A-N-O. And mine is at Vanessa Morano, V-A-N-E-S-S-A-M-A-R-A-N-O. Easy peasy. All right. Thank you girls so much. Hopefully we'll see you again when we can all be in the same yes. room. But until yes. then. <laughs> Love, you. Love you. Thank you. Want to know where all the spring savings are this year? Ross. You'll find huge deals on all of the latest spring trends. At Ross, you'll find brand names for 20 to 60% off department store prices. You're definitely finding your next favorite outfit. We're talking about savings on your favorite shirts and tops. And it's spring, so you know Ross has savings on sundresses. They've got deals on dresses for days. I mean, every style for spring. Don't forget the sandals. From slides to wedges, find brand name sandals for less. Ross always has those for the low. And there's always a reason for a new purse at this price. 
that brand name handbag at this price? Of course. Deals on handbags? Yeah, hold my purse. Seriously, just visit your nearest Ross and see for yourself. Ross has something for everyone. Plus, each new shopping trip means new finds. If you really love savings, head to Ross today. Believe me, your wallet will thank you. So what are you waiting for? Say yes for less at Ross. Your whole life, you've been told that the enemy of eating well is giving into your cravings and indulging. But actually, your cravings are leading you right where you need to be, to Collie Power. Collie Power is the brand that powers the foods you crave with the ingredients you deserve so you can crave on. If you're craving pizza, go ahead. Enjoy one of Collie Power's thin and crispy stone-fired cauliflower crust pizzas. Craving chicken tenders? Collie Power's chicken tenders are made with real, all-natural white meat chicken and a crispy coating packed with cauliflower, so you can get protein and veggies all in one bite. And that's not all. If you want to indulge in a big, warm bowl of pasta, dig in with Collie Power's cauliflower-based pasta meals. Dinner has never been easier or more delicious. With Collie Power, all the foods you crave are made with the power of veggies, gluten-free always, ready in minutes, and most importantly, they taste like the foods you crave. Collie Power's products are available in freezers nationwide. Visit eatcaulipower.com to find them in a store near you. Collie Power, crave on. Becca, it's March, one of my favorite months. Do you know why? It's Women's History Month. Exactly. Ding, ding, ding. We celebrate women all year long, but love the extra spotlight this month. So join Macy's and Girls Inc. to empower a new generation of leaders now during Women's History Month. Yes, throughout March, you can help fund STEM and college and career readiness programming for girls when you donate online to Girls Inc. or round up your purchase. Another way to support some modern women, shop women-owned and founded brands like Kaylee Cosmetics, New Face, and Better Not Younger. Learn more and celebrate the creative power of women now and all year round at Macy's.com slash purpose. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Annabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. All right. They're awesome. They're doing amazing work. I mean, that topic, like they said, it's something people are so, I mean, even myself, it's like so dark and so overwhelmingly horrible that like doing the work to educate and learn is, is, hard yeah. and, and having the that. conversation with a survivor I feel like would be very hard as yeah well. I feel like even just the like that interview that we just did I learned a lot and I'm really excited to watch the panel me too um switching gears again <laughs> there's some new merch just out. a gear shifter is what this episode is yeah truly. we'll call just it the like gear shifter. Rrr, 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 rrr. 
Um, ah. we have a new mer- we have new merch items. We have beach towels, and let me tell you, they are so freaking cute. Um, there's a circular round one with scrubbing in. There's a Turkish towel. Do you understand that I use my Turkish towels anytime I go on a picnic? Like, that's just the thing. I just throw my Turkish towels in the back. It's who you are. It's what you love. It's who I am. It's what I love. Um, and also with every purchase on the merch site, they're throwing in a scrubbing in dish scrubber while supplies last. So go ahead and place your order so you get one of those. But they say scrubbing in on it. Is that yeah. not the cutest thing ever? It's the cutest. Um, and a portion of the proceeds will go to No Kid Hungry. So head over to myfanthreads.com slash scrubbing in today to get your merch. Um, did you see the article talking about how Grey's Anatomy um, is going to tackle coronavirus pandemic? Did I see it? But do you know what's crazy is that everyone was sending it to me like, oh, my gosh. And in my head, I'm thinking, of course they are. How could they not uh, address it? Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I just assumed that they would. But I never realized that Grey's Anatomy brought in actual, like, doctors to the, the writers brought in actual doctors to get their stories. Are you even a fan? <laughs> what do you mean? I didn't know that. Every single crazy like scenario that you're thinking there's no way that's happened has happened because they get these stories from real life people. So they've had sinkholes in Seattle? Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, there's sinkholes. I don't yeah, know if they're in Seattle. That, that particular neighborhood seems to be pretty unlucky in terms of natural yeah, disasters. Yeah. yeah, like so you think there was a, a a biking, cycling situation going on in Seattle and one of them ran over, who was it? That was that episode? I don't know, but I know what you're talking about. And yes, could have been. And there was really a bomb inside of... Not yeah. in Seattle, uh-huh. but probably somewhere. Right. No, right. that's what I'm saying. Their stories all come. So I personally was... I never even doubted that they would cover the coronavirus pandemic. See, what I found most interesting in that article as a Grace fan was the episodes that are just lost in season 16. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just not going to get those four last episodes. And those, that last episode, I don't know if anyone remembers, yeah. but wow, they left us hanging. Because so they didn't, they weren't able to film those last four. They wrote them, so they're all written, but mm-hmm. they didn't get to film them. And basically the article said, we're probably not going to ever film them because we're going to have to pick up at season 17. Right. I mean, we all had plans and they all got scuttled. So I get it. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But wait, why well, can't uh, we... I feel like they could film at least uh, something about the Teddy and Owen thing. I'm sure they'll continue that. It's just now they have kind of a whole new world to explore. A different starting point. Yeah. They can pick and choose what they want from those episodes. So the question Tanya asked on the morning show and the question I enjoy as a topic is, do we want this? Do we want our television to be an escape from all of this stuff or do we want to reflect the realities that we're living in? I saw I saw a lot of people with that response of like I watch television to escape, but and I'm kind of I, I'm on that boat. Really? Yeah. See, I'm I'm kind of like Grey's Anatomy. In my opinion, has always kind of been heartbreak and real life heartbreak, like things that people go through just on an extreme level of sadness and death and love and heartbreak. So I don't necessarily know that Grey's has ever been a place I go to for like a happy escape. And I feel like they they could tackle a pandemic even if we weren't currently going through a pandemic, and it still would feel upsetting. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm okay with Grey's doing it just because it is a medical show, and this is like a, a medical virus. So I do, yeah. I do, I'm okay with it this way. But in terms of my regular scheduled programming, I 
I don't know. It's like I don't want them. Just like I don't want to keep hearing about it. I'm like I'm 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 fatigued from it. I don't want. Okay, yeah. yeah. If Friends was still airing and they all showed up to the coffee shop with masks on with and six feet apart, apart like, I, I don't like want to see is it. Upsetting. Yeah, but that's reality. I feel like any show that's set now has to address it some way, like Blackish. That family at least has to talk about what it was like to go through it, flashback to summertime when they were all together in the house or whatever. If Modern Family was still happening, they would have to do something about it. I feel like it's weird to ignore it otherwise. I mean, I hope that I hope that Grey's Anatomy tackles everything. I hope they tackle the pandemic, racial injustice. I mean, I, I hope that they kind of hit all, all elements because that's what Shonda Rhimes has always done that in a really... I feel like beautiful and responsible way. So I'm just excited that they're talking about it coming back right now. Well, so. let me tell you, you're not going to be happy about when they're saying it's going to come back. January. <laughs> what? Well, now it's escaping me the actual date oh, yeah. that they gave. <laughs> but it wasn't <laughs> anytime soon. Stall with the no, they said they're going to probably start writing or like something. I feel like it was like May. Here's the thing. May. Here's the thing. It no. doesn't make any sense. Here's what I think. And, you know, if you're a filmmaker or TV producer, director, correct me if I'm wrong. Why can't they get the smallest amount of people in there possible? No extras, nothing. And film these scenes. Like, you I know, I mean, there's a lot more to it than that, Becca. Come on. Handheld digital camera. You mean you can't. What if they made it kind of like docu-series type? But that's not Taylor Swift wrote a whole album. They can write episodes and <laughs> film them. It's different. I think though. it's weird if they haven't written anything yet because they can be writing, and so they're ready to hit the ground running whenever they get the opportunity to. I agree. I think I, I hope they can figure out a way to do it. It's just when you think about it, like think about it, when you're on a set. There's people that are there to do their hair and their makeup well, and their wardrobe. Well, they could all do their and hair and makeup. They're all medical people. Like That's right. Okay, Whoa. that aside, okay. there's a one cameraman. There's a lighting person. There's a, a sound four, person four, on five. multiple cameras. So that's like 12. We don't need multiple. They can nope. shoot with one, one camera. They do shoot with one. It's film. Yeah. Okay, and then we have the actual people that are in the scene. So maybe okay, add like Maybe three. we do like two people at a time. Scenes of two people. Yeah, and quarantine them in a hotel for four. 14 days before you start shooting. Yeah, Bachelor's shooting right now. Bachelor is shooting yeah. right now. I know. And I got to say, if Bachelor comes out and they're like six feet apart and stuff, it's going to really they're irk my pickle. They're not going to be because they quarantine for that reason. I hope so. All I'm saying, I'm happy to see Grays is even talking about coming back. That makes me feel good. But I think they can push it up a little bit if they need to. It's just my opinion. I don't know, man. This this Google situation, this Google news really threw me for a loop this morning. (laughs) It really threw me. And I always go to Mark for things just because, I don't know, I don't know, you've become my, like, center for just rational thinking. Happy to be there. Uh Uh-huh. And so I'm thinking, like, when are we going to be back in the studio? And I said, I don't think July of 21 is out of the realm of possibility. I don't think we're going back in 2020. So then when in 21... Is it deemed safe? It's maybe July. It's I don't July know. 2020. That is a year yeah, from now. Understood. This is the thing, I though. Understood. He, if you're able to do the job from home, they're going to be Which as safe as possible. 
Yes, and we are, and we're doing a very good show, in my opinion. I think we're doing our regular show. We're not doing a watered-down home version of the show. Like, some shows are, and some shows are really aching to get back because they're not doing the show they want to be doing. This is our show. We're doing it. So I'm, I'm happy to stay home as long as they need us to. I mean, nothing's that different for me, so same. <laughs> Becca. I, honestly, it's helped me a ton just having you here, like having yeah. you in in arm's reach has really helped me in mental ways great i'm happy to help you mental ways thank you um okay so shall we get to emails sure this is from anonymous i'm 23 i just graduated in may with my master's degree in education i landed my dream teaching position which starts in september for many reasons i've lived with my grandparents most of my life when covid 19 hit my older brother lost his job and also moved in we have a very tense relationship He's lazy, rude, and has alcoholic tendencies. This is a big trigger for me as we have a family history and I choose not to drink at all. For the two months he's been home, I've been unhappy and in a constant state of unrest. Knowing I'll be starting a full-time position that will likely require me to work from home part-time until further notice, I've started looking at apartments in the nearby town. While I'll probably wait until the end of the year to move, my family all thinks I'm being irresponsible. I should stay where I'm at and save money. Cost of living is high in my state, and I know it's going to be a financial burden, especially with my student loans. But I can't shake the feeling that I need my independence for the sake of my mental health. It is hard to explain to my family how I'm feeling without hurting feelings or causing conflict. I'm yearning for my own space to do as I please without disruption or constant judgment. I would love any insight or advice you may have. This one's easy for me, but go ahead. Oh. I know I was going to ask because both you and Easton choose not to drink, and I was wondering if that at all would be a trigger for you, like just having that someone in that position around 24-7, if that would weigh down on you. Um, I don't know if that would bother me or not. I, I also have family history with it, and that's another factor. But um, I don't know that that would really bug me. But I think in her situation, when it's an older brother, there's probably elements of uh, verbal, who knows, harassment. He's probably fairly belligerent. He's probably very unfun to be around. And the older brother, little sister dynamic is kind of fraught with a, a bully relationship sometimes anyway. So... I mean, I understand why she doesn't want to be around that. Yeah, my first reaction was, because she was saying it's a financial burden to move out, is maybe if she has some other family in the area or, like, a close friend that she can maybe do a, like, one bedroom with. And, you know what I mean? So it's not as much of a financial burden. I think she could find a roommate situation and pay, you know, half rent with someone else and it be have her independence away from her family without being totally alone. She don't have to be totally alone, but just get out of the tense environment. That's I mean, when it's causing a strain on your mental health, that to me is a sign to change things. And I've learned that um, when you have anyone close to you with um, an addictive past, a lot of times we like people who have those people in their lives, there's this responsibility to take care of their feelings and worry about what they say and taking care of their, um, like almost feeling responsible for them. And that's not your job. Your job is to take care of yourself. And once you're able to take care of yourself, you can then, you know, take care of your people. But I feel like you have, you're reached a place where it's time for you to seek independence and do your own thing. Yeah. All that's good. Get out. 
However you got to get out, get out. Yeah. Figure it. You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. You'll figure out, you know, jump off the cliff and build your wings on the way down that whole thing. Yeah. You'll figure it out. You'll find a way to get by, whether it's a roommate or whatever, but you got to get out of that situation. It was never like a question in my mind, like staying there. No. Yeah. yeah. The answer go. is get out. Get out. As Arnold Schwarzenegger said, get out. Yeah, get out. Uh, this is from Bex. That's cute. That's not me, but cute. I was on a walk with my boyfriend of nine years yesterday, and he sprung something on me. He's always been a bit hesitant to spend money on things, slash is a big saver, slash is a practical person. He's brought this up before about a wedding and wanting to maybe just have a giant party with great food and all of our close people. I love that idea. On our walk, however, he brought up not understanding the need for a wedding ring. He said, it's such an absurd tradition to pay a significant amount of money for a piece of jewelry when I should already know how much I love him and want to be with him. After saying all this, he basically said, I'll still get a ring for you if that's what you want, but now I feel way less excited about the entire situation. I've been dreaming about a ring and being proposed to for the last couple of years, and now I'm so bummed about all of it. He said he would be down to do a big trip, the two of us, instead of waste a bunch of money on a ring. I just don't know how to go about this situation or how to make myself feel excited again about getting a ring or even if I should want a ring in the first place. So I had a knee-jerk reaction to this. What? But you guys are probably going to not agree with me. Get out. No, 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 no. That was not my knee-jerk reaction. So my knee-jerk reaction was, first of all, I love the fact that he is like, um, what's the word? Uh, Practical and, no, not cheap, practical. Cheap, frugal. Practical. I I appreciate that. Okay, I really do. So when I read this, my initial thought was, they've been together for nine years. He's ready to propose, and he wants to throw her off. So he's just saying this to throw her off, and then he's gonna like propose with a beautiful ring that she's always wanted, and that's how it's gonna be. I hope. But there I go with my oh, hopeful expectations yeah. again. That oh, sometimes I'm not gonna lie, it really, really shot me in the foot sometimes. So <laughs> I love that. But however, now she has that in her head, and she's gonna be waiting for a beautiful ring, well, while he might literally be like, "If you need one, I'll get you one." <laughs> that is, so, I would be so in the same place of questioning: Am I selfish for wanting a ring? I feel bad. Am I? Am I only worried about the ring? I would hate having this mental battle right now because he basically was like, if that's what you want, I'll do it. But, like, I don't want. That's not really what I want. Right. So now if he does do it, she's going to feel guilty about it. And if he doesn't do it, then this is what she's always wanted. He's painted himself into a corner here. I hate this. Me too. I hate it. And I, I know that the I know that marriage and a relationship and love is not about the ring. But the ring is a symbol of commitment and love. And she's not even saying she wants a big, sparkling, giant diamond ring. She just wants a ring. And for him to kind of take away that excitement and that gift of, you know, something that is a, it's a really fun and beautiful tradition makes me sad. It would always bum me out. Like, sometimes I'd see guys, like when they're at that point where they should propose, they all of a sudden develop this like stance, but like, you know, a lot of those diamonds come from like conflict minds and like, like they be like, <laughs> they do this like hard pivot. They're like, I don't need to spend a bunch of money for you to know how much I love you and yeah. stuff like that. And, and I always think like, 
who cares? She wants the ring. Just get the ring. You don't have to spend that much money, you know? Like, like you can get a really nice ring for a couple hundred bucks, and yeah, she'd be very saying. happy. Yeah. That just, it makes, I, I agree, Mark. It's like, no matter what, she's going to feel, she gets the short end of the stick here. I don't know, guys. Unless I don't Tanya's think she, I don't think she's going to get the short end of the if stick. I think that he's gearing up to pop the question, and he's trying to throw her off his scent. And well, that sucks, too. <laughs> That's true, like, true. I mean, I don't, does, I, I, don't love, I don't love his approach. However, <laughs> uh, if this is what he has done, I respect it. And maybe he's picked out the perfect ring for her. <laughs> oh, she even, the face, Tanya's <laughs> face right now. So yeah, she even she doesn't, doesn't even believe herself. It's because, look, guys, sometimes you just have to, like, you have to have a pie in the face moment. Or no, I'm sorry. What is it? Pie in the sky? Is it pie in the sky? Pie in the sky, sure. Is that, that the right analogy? I think so. I think so, too. So sometimes you kind of just have to have a pie-in-the-sky mentality and just hope, be hopeful that it's coming and don't think too much in the negative. Um, but I don't know at what point does she start to lose hope in that. I was going to say, year nine? Woof. Yeah, nine years. That's the other thing. Because I, I would say this is a red flag, but nine years in, you're not going anywhere, I don't think. So... <laughs> I know, like, I, I'm trying to think if I were in that position, how long would I give it until I started to panic? I'd, I'd I, un I understand practical and frugal, and I probably am those, but I also feel like this is the kind of guy that's never going to want to spend money on anything ever for any reason. Like, oh, we don't need a house. I mean, this apartment's fine, and we don't need to, you know, we'll put the kids in preschool. We can just teach them here. I just feel like he's going to find excuses at every step. Yeah. Please keep us posted. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I don't know if we really had any good advice there except for Tanya's optimism. I think it's coming, girl. Bex, just chill. Oh put God, your, put your feet up. I think it's coming. Yeah, I no, do. No, don't, don't raise her expectations. If, if, she, if she, it happens, then that is amazing. But if it doesn't, you have it in her head that it's coming. If it doesn't, then we need to reassess. <laughs> we need to read Calling in the One. <laughs> or Codependent, codependent No More. Codependent No More. <laughs> um, all right. Oh, man, that's so rough. I'd give it three months. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> until what? To see if he proposes. And then? And then I would reassess my situation. What if he proposes with no ring? How do you do that? You yeah. just get down on the ground and, and hold up a, a plane ticket because he wants to go on a trip instead of a <laughs> ring? Maybe. Being proposed to without a ring, that's interesting. I don't know what I would do. He proposes with a plane ticket or a hotel voucher? I don't know. <laughs> Put or an like onion ring bread, on your Or like a bread tie. <laughs> like a bread tire. I oh, love geez. an onion ring on my finger. <laughs> um, yeah. Well... Today was a very, we were kind of, it was like the pandemic, kind of all over the place. Right, waves, just waves, highs and lows. However, I felt like it was a very important episode. We talked about, um, I, in all seriousness, I have gotten so many DMs about um, human trafficking and why we haven't talked about it. And it's so interesting. What, you haven't? No. I get the, you know. <laughs> yeah, I get the DMs of like, I feel like crap because this boy doesn't like me. Yeah. And I'm like, No, girl. mine are like about a lot of heavy things but i'm glad that we got to have a conversation about that and um i also am really glad we got to talk about taylor's album what it means to us got to talk about how in the world state of grace is your number one on the red album 
still stand by it. She hasn't changed her mind, folks. Um, trying to figure out how I'm going to get myself a Taylor Swift cardigan. Yeah, it's like, I guess it's delayed. The The ones online are delayed for like 10 weeks or something. <laughs> oh. It'll be perfect for when the fall weather comes. True. Um, all right. Well, we love you guys. Uh, hope you have a great week. What What are you pointing at me for? That's it. And that's all. I just oh, doing your shooters. Good, good send off. All right. Great send off. Shaka. Shaka. <laughs> We will see you next week, and we love you, and be safe, and be merry, and nice to each other, and folklore, and folklore, and stream folklore. (laughs) All right, bye. Want to know where all the spring savings are this year? Ross, you'll find huge deals on all of the latest spring trends. Yes, at Ross, you'll find brand names for 20 to 60% off department store prices. You're definitely finding your next favorite outfit. We're talking about savings on your favorite shirts and tops. And it's spring, so you know Ross has savings on sundresses. And don't forget the sandals. From slides to wedges, find brand name sandals for less. Ross always has those for the low. And there's always a reason for a new purse at this price. Deals on handbags? Yeah. Hold my purse. Seriously, just visit your nearest Ross and see for yourself. Believe me, your wallet will thank you. So what are you waiting for? Say yes for less at Ross. Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. Available in cups A through G in bands 30 to 44. That's 43 sizes and 22 styles. They sent us bras and underwear, and the bra is like sexy and supportive and so comfortable i haven't had a black bra like that in a minute and i love it i was like this came just in time i've been needing one of these and the robe and slippers are heaven heaven it's literally like heaven wrapped around my body and your feet and my feet shop now at your nearest victoria's secret store and online at victoriasecret.com does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.